like what you waiting on? Check, check, cause on your phone. This the Tony Sands show, turn your radio on. Kelsey just turned down like a field goal, so we in the zone. Got games like a stadium, I'ma go ahead and pack the dome. I'm cooler, smoother, make you think with your medulla. You a student, I'ma school you with the facts that I'm producing. This is for the high schoolers, college students, nah. Everyone can do it, do this, I ain't new to this. My style is rich, it's lucrative, maneuver through it. You know we fast, Shirley. You know it's so sensational, like my big homie Tony. BBS Radio. And that's right. Go BBS Radio and the Tony Sands Show. I am Tony Sands, along with my co-host, Vaughn, the Don, getting it in Denver, and my man, Mo Love, coming out of Atlanta. Listen, we got a hot show going today. When I say hot, there's a lot of things going on throughout the sports world. We got guys getting fight, guys trying to get hired, and we also got guys trying to sell. But on top of that, my man Warren Sapp, listen, I did an ex- guys, I did an exclusive sit-down with Warren Sapp, one of the most ferocious defensive tackles in the game. Listen, he broke it down from top to bottom. Talked about the U- the state of the University of Miami. I know that brings interest to Mo Love. He also talked about Tampa Bay, what's going on in Tampa and how that's got to get turned around. But he's also, he was in New York. For his film premiere of Life with CTE. Life with CTE. And the things that a lot of the players are starting to struggle for from when it comes to having CTE. But also with that, that's going to come later on the show. So you got to stay tuned in to the Tony Sands show so you can hear that exclusive interview. And for those that know Warren Sapp, you know that Warren Sapp is that dude. He can go off the cuff, but he's my dude. He is, listen, his attitude about the game and the way he see the game is going to cause a little stir to people that are coming up trying to play the game because of what he's saying and how he's seen it playing out. When I listened to him, I understood what he was saying because this game we play is a violent game. But man, B, what's going on, my brother? Al, Tony, excited to be here. Another week on the Tony Sands Show, talking NFL football, Thursday night football, and it's a big week in the NFL, as always. So excited to be here, as always, Tony. My man, Mo Love, what's happening, my brother? What, what's going on, my brother? Out of Atlanta, but not I getting a clue down here, but everything well was going on, brother. Listen, man, look, look, let's, let's get into this basketball. Guys, we're going to start to show up with some basketball. Steve Nash get fired, and with him getting fired, Okay, they want to bring in one of their ex coaches. I know. Mo, do you do you feel he should be bought in right at this point of the game? No, I I don't think so. I I mean, because I think that what happened in Boston is it, is a bad image for the NBA, and I, I just I mean, give him the suspension and allow him to come back next year, and coach the team. I mean, how does it look, him coming and playing and coaching the team, and he got right. like, what he did at Boston? I, I just don't look good for the NBA. I mean, they, 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 
I just don't think it's look good, a great a great look. You know, oh, what if he, you can charm me here too. But what I'm saying is this: understand that that was not something that the NFL itself has to do with. So that was more or less a company's ruling, not the NFL. These were two consenting adults. So I'm trying to see. That's why the NFL, the NBA, I'm sorry, never got involved because they're saying to themselves, hey, that's a company issue. That's dealing with them, dealing with not with us. So we don't have to. And that's why I feel if another job opportunity came up, it was within his grasp, within the team ownership grasp. Say, hey, listen, if another job come up, you can take it. But I'm, I'm, I'm only saying that because, like I say, you were still dealing with two consenting adults. There was no situation that I know of to mm-hmm. where it would have brought a little bit more gray area to the situation. It was just him and another consenting adult, and it was sad that mm-hmm. it happened. It should never happen. Only thing he crossed was the rules within the workplace. Right, right, right. I think the timing is wrong, Tony. I think I I agree with Mo slightly. I think the timing is just a little wrong because I think that he served the suspension. What he did was wrong. It was negligence and and work office practice. He didn't set a good example. Um, And I think that a one-year suspension was was doable. You know, to hire the man right now, I think it's bad optics. Right. It don't look good. The image don't look good for the NBA. But what I'm saying, you're saying for the NBA. You're saying for the NBA, but what I'm saying is, who? Tell me what you said. Doesn't look good for the league. What doesn't well, look good for the league? What what, well, what doesn't the, look good? Well, that the optics were that a man was supposed to get a one year suspension, which we all deemed as being uh, viable and, and a right form of a punishment. One year. Yeah, because what, what what you mentioned was is it was consensual, which, which was good to mention, and that's 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 valid. However, right. though, I think what we need to pay attention to is there are work corporate world work um, world ethics, and he crossed yes. the line of the ethics, right, Mo? Right, when you but agree? within yeah. the company, yes. not within the league, but within the company. But the company but, is but, within the but, league, but, right? But, but what, the, what you they, what you what you promoted, Tony? Were you saying okay, well, mess with somebody wise? It's okay to suspend it, and it's okay to mess with somebody's wife like that. And no, 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 no. Post? What I'm no, what I'm saying, if we're gonna, if we're gonna say, okay, the company itself said these are our guideline rules. You guys decide. They decided on the year. They had to approve him being potentially being hired. Correct. Right. Right. Well, being hired and, so, and, and that going against the the work policies at your job. The, you know. But the people that the people that made this policy is uh-huh. the one that's okaying him the reason to go and, and seek another job. Correct? Well, the thing I think that that Mo Mo, you could address this a little bit also. I think that the biggest question is is why are the new, new the, the Brooklyn Nets hiring MA Adoka right now after what work related uh misconduct that he had in a one year suspension? Why is MA Adoka the person that needs to be hired and now? He's the yeah, hottest they, coach. You got it. Wait. He's the hottest coach. Well, well, just wait. Just wait to. Just wait to the end of the season, yeah, and right. wait till the next start they, over. Start fresh. You know what I'm saying? And everything died down. He do a suspension, and then he's be able to participate and be able to coach the net to do start over. You're right in the middle. But, it's gonna be. A, it's gonna be an uproar. I. I think but, it's not gonna look. Wait a minute. Hold on. The same people that suspended him, correct? The, and right. We're talking about the same people that suspended him was the ownership. Ownership had to approve him 
seeking another job for compensation, correct? Right. Yeah, and they're not even asking for compensation. Right, and so they're saying, hey, this, we just, hey, it's cool. It happened in this workplace. Let's get up. If we can let him go to another team, let's let him go to another team. We're done with the situation. So if they're done with the situation, how can he stay suspended? So then that's when the league has to come in and say they're going to suspend it. And obviously that's not going to happen. So what you, so you're just saying is okay. I'm just, what you agreeing that this would be nothing. It's slapping the wrist. Can if they, slap the wrist and go in, just go in, go in, go to the net. If they Get gave paid. him, what I'm saying is we're all, we're putting all this pressure on him. What about her? We oh, no one's saying well, well, anything about well, her now. Well, Tone, I mean, Tone, listen, I, I, I mean, the woman, the woman, the woman is married. He's not. Okay. But again, he's the man in the position of the power. He's the man who's the head coach of the franchise. I'm not denying that. I understand that. And the the man went as far as allowing this woman to book his girlfriend or his lover or whatever he calls Nia Long, who he's been with and has a child with, by the way. She, this woman that M.A. Adoka had an affair with, it's been reported by ESPN that she was responsible for booking Nia Long's travel plans to games. Yes. So yes. M.A. Adoka okay. and the woman are involved. I just right. think that this is about, I think actually Steve Nash is the hero. I think Steve Nash getting fired and getting paid and go home is, is a right. reward for Steve Nash, right? Wouldn't you agree, Mo? Yes, I, yes, yes. I, I understand. Yes. I, I, and I'm not saying for Steve Nash in a situation, that's a whole another situation i think and that in that situation i think steve nash and this is my opinion i think steve nash lost that team lost that ability mm-hmm. that authority to control that team to get that team to the level of what that talent is he could not drive that he could not drive that car so what they're I, saying i'm going to find someone that can drive this vehicle and but so Tony, you got to rem- you got to remember, Tony. In all sports, though, when your guy makes a hundred million dollars, like KD and Kyrie make, it's hard for a man that makes, let's say, ten million dollars to tell him what to do. Correct. Right. Right. And they got you know, Kyrie done came they, out and also said, like, and I agree with you. Kyrie came out and said, "Guess what? We can coach this team ourselves. We don't even need a coach." Now, see, that's where things go crazy. The more that Kyrie talks, the Talk, more he yeah. needs to. Yeah, you're right or wrong, Mo? The more yeah, he talks, oh, he the talks, more you yeah. realize, yeah, yeah that he's, he's not, just off. He's off basis. He he doesn't make sense half of the time. No, and you know what, Tone? There are a lot of educated, good quality coaches in the league who are actually better than M.A. Adoka and have a better record. And one of the people I'll name to you is a close friend of mine and a close friend of Stephen A. Smith's, who's your boy, is Phil Handy. Phil Handy is the assistant coach for the Los Angeles Lakers. He deserves to be the head coach because Phil Handy won a championship with LeBron James and Kobe Bryant. He's the same man to coach and win championships with both of these guys. He was on the Mike Brown staff. So what I'm saying to you is is that Coach Phil Handy has Kyrie Irving. He worked with him in Cleveland as well because he was on the Cleveland staff. LeBron loves him. I'm just saying to you that they are more educated, more qualified people than M.A. Adoka. Okay, listen, let's play the the, the soundbite. I want to play a soundbite from uh, Skip and Shannon show with about dealing with this whole thing with 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 uh, uh, the Nets and Steve Nash firing. Let's let's play that soundbite. What percentage of the blame does Steve Nash deserve? Before I give you a percentage of the blame, can we start with this lie? Steve Nash was fired. Sean Mark called him into his office. Steve, we're relieving you of your duty. Okay. 
Is that mutually? It's not like Steve Nash went up to Sean Marks and said, Sean, I'm not getting it done. Mm. I really think you should put someone else in it. And he's like, okay, I, I, I agree with you. I, I'm sorry that that happened. That's not how it happened. I, I don't know that. You know good. I, I don't know that Skip, for sure. You know, Skip, that, that's what they do. They, we, you know, you know, black coaches never mutually get to part. They were fired. Okay, well, that's a whole different story. <laughs> but anyway, I'm going to give Steve Nash 5% of the blame. Mm -hmm. The moment Kyrie Irving said, we don't need a coach, this is what he said, October 1st, 2020. We don't need a coach. I think it's also going to change the way we see coaches. I don't really see us having a coach. You know what I mean? KD could be coach. I could be head coach. The moment you stripped him of that, Skip, he had no authority. I feel very comfortable. How dangerous would a lion be if I took out all of his teeth and declawed him? Mm. He's not nearly the lion. The moment a player can emasculate and the team does nothing, the ownership, general manager, or even your best player doesn't correct him or doesn't check him, he got no power skill. Mm. He, he, he's rendered mutual. Did, uh, did, did he check them back? No. No. Skip. Oh, and you heard that. Okay, now, you're hearing what's being said. He, right. as, as said and said, he took the teeth out of the lion, the lion being Nash. He took that power away from him. Steve was fired. Let's call it what it is. You know, they, they we'll say a mutual agreement, you know, whatever. <laughs> it boils back to it. Now, do our the Nets within their grounds to go out and hire who they want to hire. Yes, they are, because there's no restrictions by the league that they can. Okay. That's, okay. that's the only point that I'm making. There's no restrictions that they can. Now, are they going to get some backlash? Yeah, but the way is going, listen, they look like they're okay with the backlash that may come out of this. So, I mean, let's, let, let's call it what it is. The guy he did not break an NBA rule. He broke an organization. And it was two adults. Technically, in a lot of areas, that would have never even got out. That would have yeah, stayed in-house. That's the problem that I have with this whole thing. It would have stayed, because you, as we know, this goes on in America's workplace. Oh, Constantly. yeah, definitely. So right. why all of a sudden this situation hits the fan more than any other situation? That's that. That's what I'm saying. We're saying, oh, he well, should not get jobs. That's that's all I'm saying. Why does this one take more precedence than all the other ones that we've seen? We got to stand now. It's a it's a workplace situation. Boston Celtics now. Come on now, Boston Celtics. I understand. I understand. I, think of think of what we're saying, Boston. Think about it. Right. We're not but talking about LA. We're not talking Miami. We're not talking about Chicago. We're talking about Boston Celtics. I'm hearing that. I, I, I'm, but what I'm, I, I'm hearing that we're saying Boston. That's just like saying the Jets and New York. It's just the market. But what I'm saying to you is this man should have a right to go seek employment. In any other place in America, any other job in America, this situation happened, the, either party can seek an employment somewhere else if they got released. Am I right or wrong? Yeah, but you know how America, it would it, have been a backlash in the end. It'd have been then if somebody it it'd have been questioning that you know they got a job, but yeah, but it'd been probably hard for him a little bit and it would take a while to get him a job, but he can get a job immediately. Within what a couple what a couple months, maybe? That's what About I'm saying. About a month and so, a half, two. So it's been what two, three months now. So we hey, listen, this thing is ready to play out. Let's let it play out. Hey, guys, listen, we got to – let's switch gears. Listen, I hope whatever happened with the next, they take this thing to where they got to go. And I hope – listen, the Celtics is going to go in their direction and this thing is going to continue. But let's get into 
And I'm B, I hope you know. Let's get into this Daniel Snyder thing. We talked about it and we brought it up at one point when we're talking about guys selling and buying. Right now, at one point, Daniel Snyder said he would not sell the Washington Commanders at no price. Then it came out that he said if they tried to let him go at the league meeting, that he would not go quietly. He's had private investigators to find guys, to seek guys. But before we get into that, if we can, let's play that Daniel Snyder soundbite. Let's let, let's let's crank that up and 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 play that soundbite and get into that on first take with Stephen A. Smith. What more can you no. tell us? Well, it's a very interesting development with all the people that have been all over Dan Snyder and that franchise with Jim Irsay calling for his ouster almost two weeks ago, and now they've hired Bank of America, which is his bank, by the way, to try to help sell the franchise. Now, as you mentioned, Molly, we don't know whether this is the entire franchise, whether it's a minority stake. I should point out that he's done this before for minority partners, and he may just want to lay down the debt he just took on. That's possible. But I also think just the optics of it are such that with all the people calling for his ouster, um, with all the people that are unhappy in the Washington area with him, that it would be unusual to announce this and not explore the sale of the franchise, especially when the prices of the franchises have exploded. The Denver Broncos sold last summer for $4.65 billion. Forbes has estimated the value of the Washington Commanders over five. Mo, not listen. Yes. Here we go again. And, and we brought this up earlier on the show. I brought it up that Dane Snyder was not going to sell the team. And all of a sudden now we've come into a situation where he's decided to sell the franchise. This is new news that's just breaking out. But I'm hoping in the process of him selling the team, we get an opportunity now for a minority to get majority of the ownership throughout the NFL. Do I see it coming? We got such guys as Brian Allen, who is a rich guy that has opportunity, who bid it on the Denver Broncos. He bid it on the Denver Broncos, and the Walmart family was given that. Now, here we go again for the league to do the right thing, for the league to try to do the right thing and, 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 and see if we can get a, a, someone in that is a minority owner. Now, I'm guaranteeing you what they're going to say. They're going to look at and, and, and if he can get, can he write a stroke the checkbook? And I'm telling you, it's going to be around the around five to point five point six billion. I guarantee you that's going to be the cost of what it is for the Washington Commanders. Is he willing to stroke that much? Because I know it's going to go over what the Denver Broncos sold for. So now we're in this situation to where now, just today, Jeff Bezos has threw his name in the hat of a possible owner of the Washington Commanders. Can we see that happening? It may happen, but I'm telling you, this thing is going to get a little hairy. If they don't, if the ownership of the good old boys committee of the NFL does not make this situation to where now we get a minority owner gets ownership of this team. I'm curious to see how all this is going to play out. And I think it's going to play out in a way that's going to bring a lot of attention to the good old boy network. Brian Allen. Well, Tone, can I interject real quick? 
yes, you can. Oh, you can. I was waiting. You know, I'm waiting. Let me, let me, let me ask you. Let me. Here's the yes, thing. No. Here's the thing. Robert F. Smith is the richest black man we in the United yes. States. So yes. what I would like for everybody to understand is that Robert F. Smith was asked by the National Football League four years ago. Four years ago, he was asked to become a minority owner. They've already vetted him already. So Robert F. Smith is a candidate, but he turned down the, the first right of refusal to take the Denver Broncos. Uh, okay. Hey, we got it. That, that, that's what I'm saying. That's right. It, it, so, so yeah, the only yeah, thing yeah. I want to, so the only thing I want to add into the Byron Allen thing is, is that I think that Byron Allen can make the thirty percent payment to become the majority owner for the Denver Broncos. And this, I, I, I'm hoping Washington Commanders. This, I'm sorry, Washington Commanders. I'm hoping this this takes place, but we'll find. Like I said, when you get guys like Jeff Bezos throwing their their name in the hat, right? We're hoping that this good old boy system do the right thing with all the owners. In the league. Well, here's, a, here's, here's a question, though. How can if the Denver Broncos sold for the money that they sold? How can the Washington Commanders with no real stadium, a stadium needs to be developed, the poor attendance, a name change from what the name used to be to the Commanders, okay? I don't see how he's going to be able to garnish that amount of money with no Russell Wilson on the team, you know, a Super Bowl winning quarterback. And I just don't see how he's going to be able to get that kind of money. It's called next up. It's called next up. In the real estate game, it's called next, just like the real estate game, it's called next up. Some houses in the real estate market ain't worth the value that they are, but right now that's the, what the market is, so they get but, what the market is. And the market true, for that team is, is that's true. That's but, true, but the house doesn't the house doesn't have a criminal element behind it. The house doesn't have the United States judiciary system looking into it. So right now, the the the, the state of Virginia has opened up a, a criminal investigation. Correct, the NFL correct. said he cooked his books. The United States Treasury Department says he's cooking books and doing nefarious activities with women and minorities in the workplace. I just don't see, honestly and truthfully, how he can actually garnish that amount of money. Yes, and and, and I hope this happened. Be. Hey, listen, the producer's telling me we got to get into this interview. We're going to go to a quick commercial break and then be, hey, listen, man, and then we're going to dive into, I had a sit down with Warren Sapp. We're going to play one commercial break song and then we're coming back with the live interview for my main man, Warren Sapp. They're in my ear. We got to make sure that we play this thing out to the fullest to get it done. So That's listen, right. guys, let's, let's, let's sit back and we're going to listen to Mr. Sapp talk about the state of the NFL, the state of the youth. And his new documentary film, Living Life Without, with CTE. Stay tuned here on the Tony Sands Show. We'll go to a quick merch. We're coming back. Thanksgiving weekend, Brown County is officially on lock. We got this as we get ready for the most anticipated festival around. It's the Pompano Fall Festival. Performing live is Plies. <laughs> Put it on your calendar, Ben. Plies back in the city. What's in my pocket now? Big face, honey. It's the Pompano Fall Festival, man, November the 26th, man. It's that festival going down. Kiki Wyatt. Hey, Florida, it's your girl, Kiki Wyatt. Come and meet me November the 26th at the Pompano Fall Festival. I cannot wait to see y'all there. Phil. Rome and many more. Also performing Prince Raheem, Black Pack, MC Shy D, Chigolo Tony. Saturday, November 26th at the Pompano Community Park. Gates open at 2 p.m. till 11 p.m. for the second annual Pompano Fall Festival. Tickets available online at eventbreak.com. Also get tickets at Easy OZ Bail Bar and Chinaman Print Shop in Lauderhill. For more info, call 954-857-8802. I'm coming. What's up, big fellow? I know I got you. Calm down. Let's get it. I got hold you. On, hold on. 
Hold on, let me turn my light on. Let me turn my light on. Turn your light on, get some light to you. I got you. Oh, let me, you know, let me go in a whole different room. I ain't got to turn the light on. I ain't got to light it up. All right there. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Hold on. Can I go sideways or you need You can go to... sideways, yeah. Hey, I want to make sure. There it is. Yeah, there I got you. Is. I got you, baby. Let me lock in. Let me lock in where it don't move. Bam. There we go. <laughs> Good morning, my brother. What's happening, man? Good morning, Mr. Stan. What's good, baby? Listen, man, I'm enjoying my life, man. Look, first of all, I want to thank you for taking your time out your busy schedule. And I know your schedule is busy. They have you in New York. And listen, let me know why you're in New York. Let our audience know why you're in New York. First of all, we kick this thing off because, listen, it's not all We're enjoying life. So right yes. now... I got a movie coming out, Life with CTE. It's a little short film. We're putting it in uh, Bushwick, the 15th annual Bushwick Film Festival up here in Brooklyn, oh, wow. New York. We're coming down to South Florida. We're in Fort Lauderdale Film Festival this weekend, Saturday, before we get on the, I mean, before we get on Florida State's ass. You know, it's 7.30. We got to be the movie at 3. So, Listen, I just want everybody to know. Hey, I just want everybody to know you come watch the movie and then we go watch the Canes. Get then on go the watch the Canes play. Hey, this man, it's all going to be good. It's going to be a good Saturday. It's going to be a good Saturday. This is what we're talking about. Sal, listen, and you talk about the Canes and Florida State playing this weekend. We're seeing the Canes are trying to make that stride to get back to prominence. And what, what is going to take for them to get back to that level of in the, the decades of when the Canes were dominating College football. We got to get back to blocking the tackle. You know, I, I I tell people this all the time. The game of football is never going to change. For all the innuendo and, the, you know, the wildcat and the whatever <laughs> else you want, you know, whatever else yes. you want to bring to this forefront, it's going to be about blocking and tackling. And the team that does that and makes the fewest mistakes usually wins the football game. And, I mean, we – we can come with Philly, Philly, and come with all the different plays you want to come with. But it's gonna come down to you block and tackle for four quarters. And do you make mistakes in a football game? That's that, that's it. And right now, we'll make eight turnovers. Boy, yes, it's been a long time since I see the number that big <laughs> in a football game. It's been a long time since I see the number that big. When you talking about eight turnovers, that's crazy. You, that's you can't win no. No, no, and five of them are fumbles. You as running back, hey, man, dog, dog, dog. No, you got put no, no. You got to put the church's money on the ground, dog. You are you hopes and dreams of the whole, the whole, the whole place. All the yeah. kids in the student section, all the moms at home, the band members, everybody. You can't do this, man. That's what, listen, and when I look at this group of guys, I look at this generation of guys that are coming into the University of Miami, and I look at the past guys of generation that came the guys that seemed to me that was in the past, those guys seem like they bled the University of Miami. If you cut them open, the U would come out. This this generation of athletes, I don't see that. I see they're they're just there <laughs> to finish out their college careers. But the guys of the past went there to establish what college football is about, and it goes no. through to you when you talk about that. The, the chase the greats. That's what we went there for. Yes, yes. That's, that's Went to Miami for the chase to Michael Irvin, chase to Andre Johnson, chase Santana Mall. You had to look through the lineage of how did this program get here. Mine go all the way back to the original three, four nose of Ruben Carter, Jim Burke, you know, Ken <laughs> Henry, these boys. So yes. when you understand what you're 
when you when you don that that you on the side of your helmet and you put that green and orange on, what that means to the men that came before you and then the men that came after yeah. you. But nowadays we just believe in our own brand. That's what these kids yes. believe in. Our own brand, you know, my likes, views, follows, and comments. <laughs> and that's that, it. That's I all. Said it best. Jay Worthy said all these young NBA dudes are doing is getting tattoos, tweeting, and trying to get paid. I said, wow. <laughs> Because this what this what I look at, and this is what I tell guys. When I look at guys after games are over and they're swapping out jerseys, man, I, listen, I said to myself, that would have never happened. And I first of all, now, if you, you just beat me, can you see, no. Can you see me and Johnny Randall after the game holding up our jerseys from the hand cook? Boy, that's like my skin. Boy, you're not allowed to have my skin. That's <laughs> especially it's hard for me if I done lost to you. To to stand beside you and hand you a jersey, that just no. didn't happen. No, it was hard enough for me to shake your hand. After you were, after you were there. We might we might look at each other and be like, you know what? I see you next time. I mean, it's just one of them there, dog. <laughs> but I'm listen. I was not never ever going to give you my jersey at all. My jersey was going in the locker room with me. Another man was never going to be able to put my jersey up on their wall and state it when their kids come in. We beat I, that guy. Skin, like a skin, like a head of a deer, like 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 the lion land on the floor, like the zebra land on the floor. No, no, not, not gonna happen. Not with not you, not top on the back of it. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> my mama got my jersey. My mama, my sisters, my brothers. Uh, my, Listen, my, uh, my jerseys not, are in my office. Not a dude I went against. All right, Derek Brooks. Derek Brooks is the one guy that I went against that does have my jersey. But I respect that because. Not, it takes us to floor. It takes us to Tampa Bay, and I want to get into your time of going to Tampa when you got drafted out of the University of Miami, and now you go to Tampa. You're used to winning national championships. Now you go to Tampa. What was that like? And I, you know, what was that like on draft day to get that call? Oh, that was not good. I was I, I was in the room. I was, I was yes. one of the original yes. left in the green room, one of the, one of the original left in the green room guys for two hours and forty five minutes. I watched yes. the lights of Mike. I watched the lights of Mike Mamula, uh, Michael Westbrook, Kyle, Kyle Brady. <laughs> so do so do so do before I'm like, are you kidding me? Joey Galloway. I'm like, oh. yes. Not not you know. So I I looked at my mother and I said, my. I said, I'm okay with whatever these teams feel like they need to help their team get to their Super Bowl or their dreams here on draft day. But if they draft one defensive tackle before me, we getting up and we walking up out of here. Because <laughs> originally, you wanted to be in Plymouth. Hey, what I wanted is what they were projecting it to be. I, I'm right. the best player in college football. College football, yes. No question about that. I'm the best thing going on Saturday afternoon. But now all of a sudden, they done came up with a wild theory I, I I done flunked more drug tests than I took at the University of Miami, so I'm like, okay, so let's see, let's see how this works out. <laughs> yeah, this don't play, see how this plays out in this. Hey, listen, evidently, you, evidently, evidently, somebody knows something about me that I don't know about myself, it, right? And and and, and I, you know, you was with Drew, and you guys are talking, and they stated even in the beginning, you wanted to spend that time first of all in your hometown, and dude, it was no, I didn't want to leave Plymouth, Florida. My my stepdaddy was gonna barbecue. The homeboys was gonna come through that. What up, baby? The homeboys gonna come through that thing. We were gonna have us old fashioned Florida bar barbecue yes. in the background. Yes. The NFL came, told me they'd give me the whole top floor to Marriott Marquis. I can bring as many people as I want. 
So I can play Plymouth. Listen, so those country boys said, you know what? I don't think my mom ever been to New York up there, and you know, you know, my stepdad be always talking about Boston. I, I ain't no yes. Boston fan at all. Let, let's do New York. Let's go. Let's do let's New York. Empire State Building. Let's go see the, uh, you know, the the Statue of Liberty. You know, take my mama to New York. You know, this this is a one in a lifetime opportunity. They gonna they didn't give me the the presidential suite up in the damn thing and everything. I'm like, okay, I let's didn't know go that. with it. I didn't know they were setting me up. <laughs> oh no! As soon as, we, as soon as we land off the plane, here it comes. The New York so, Times calling. No, like we got this information out there. We have a source. This, that, whatever. You know, they wasn't doing two sources then. It was just yes. one. You had one source. It's up. Oh, this going across the wire, boy. Then, yes. Boy, boy. I'm sitting was, in the cab, leaving LaGuardia Airport, headed downtown to the hotel, and Rosa House on the phone with the New York Times reporter. I said, "Man, put me out." I walk. <laughs> I walk. I walk the rest of the way. Y'all, they don't start I this already. I, I don't need to hear these lies right now because somebody finna get somebody finna get get get, get stepped to. That's all I'm saying because you ain't finna put this on me. I got my mom and my grandma with me. My aunt, my brothers. Man, come on. Uh, no, don't do this to me. Not in front of my. Not in front of my. In this, front of the world. Damn this. That's in front what I'm of saying. The world. And you know you lying. Yes. And all of that goes out. You get to you get to Tampa. You get to Tampa. Tampa was not winning. When no, 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 no. In Tampa. Let me explain this. Let me explain this in a simple term. Tampa had eleven straight years of ten or more losses when I got there. Wow! I just lost five games in four years. T. I was not <laughs> ready yes. for any of this. <laughs> I was not ready for men to show up to their job and say, "I cannot buy this." But my check come on Tuesday. <laughs> Now, once you get there, how do you establish a winning culture at Tampa? How do you establish you that? You don't. You 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 shut the hell up and you let it's like a bad cold right now. It's just gotta run its course because I don't know anything about the National Football League. Correct. I, I, I know that I'm coming in here trying to work my magic in this defensive line, but I didn't know the whole the whole, you know, intricate part of the team and how you gotta lock this thing together and you gotta have men be men. Yes. I didn't know about that. So Hardy Nickerson, Martin Mayhew, Bonnie Bussey, Thomas Everett, some old school G's. Yes. Showed me the way. Like, hey man, this is how you study. You don't, you don't, you don't hang out. You don't go to this spot. You don't go to that spot. This way, get your career going. Cause you can't have a career unless you start one. Boy. Correct. That's, correct. That's the biggest thing they told me. <laughs> you can't have a career unless you start one. I'm like, wait a minute. I ain't got a career going. No, you in year okay. one. And you be out of here. Years. Don't don't do not consider this is the start of your career. Get it going. So then me and Brooks combined because uh-huh. you know we were having two our first seven games. And then right. we went two and seven the last nine. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I'm like, wait a minute, we lost five games in a row. Boy, he lost five games in four years. What's going on, right? What's here? going on? And that's up under the Tony, that was under Tony Dungeon. Oh, no, no, no. No, no not Tony Dungeon. First, first, first year was Sam Weiss. Sam Weiss. Yeah. Then they brings in Tony Dungeon. Then Tony comes in the year two, and we promptly go one and seven our first eight games with him. But he's teaching. Oh, no, but he's teaching. And we in there teaching. And he, he, we call it the dummy reel on Monday. What are you thinking? That's the first thing he always says to you. What are you thinking right here? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I, one, time, one time one of the dudes, he asked, what would you think? I looked up. I said, just tell him you wasn't thinking, man. Please don't drag him. <laughs> You know how to do, you know that yeah, one guy yeah. who always got the right answer, nobody got that, yes. hands wrong he is. 
Hey, dog, just say you weren't thinking, man. We done had enough of this, man. You know, we six, seven weeks into the season. So now we're trying to figure out, like, who's going to be here and who's not. Correct. From day one to the time we went to the NFC Championship game four years later, six people. Wow. Wow. Six people. That's – and, Sapp, you said those six people. But then they hire John Gruden. What oh. was the difference between Tony Dungy's and John Gruden that got Tampa – to that championship, John Gruden. I mean, we we were a good defensive team. So I would say Correct. great. I say I say good at the time because what he brought to us was an added edge that would oh my god take us to a whole new level. The first time we lined up a nine on seven, he runs a bootleg with Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson going on the sideline doing the Dion Sanders. <laughs> I look I look at Gruden. I say, man, you scared? Say you scared? Scared? They've been running boot up your ass for the last five years. Who do you think Mike, what do you think Mike Vick is going to do around? So I turned to my two ears. I said, you got boot, you got boot. The rest of us, let's go. Let's go. Let's get it we, done. We got a lot to stand out and play boot in 907. Wow. So then, so then he came at us in a two-minute drill. You know, we we because we can shut down pretty much any offense because our rush going to be there, uh, back end going to be solid. He looked at us and said, you're so special, then score. This defense, I, I'm not here about this defense. I, like, I mean, he attacking us while we play good. <laughs> this defense, I hear about it. so yes. effing great. If you're so effing great, I want nine touchdowns. You hear me? And he looking dead at me talking. So I turned to my boys. I said, we need nine. That's all. I need. Nine, nine. That's it for that. We scored the ninth touchdown in the Super Bowl 37. Oh, wow. That, this is sad. Nine. That and that, which you know, because I'm quite sure you guys heard along the line after you won the Super Bowl that John Gruden oh, no, won the no, Super Bowl. I, I, with, I've yes. been hearing this for the last 20 years. This is my 20th anniversary. Oh, that's Tony Dungy team, yeah. Okay, Tony Dungy's defense with a lot of philosophy, but I'm talking about some fine tuning and some 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 precision diamond making Dun- by John. Gruden. Yes, I'm talking about John Gruden would not allow our offense to three yards and punt. That that was that was sacrilegious. That was blasphemy. That would not be done around here. And if you look at our offenses in the playoff game, we put thirty-one yeah. up on San Francisco, twenty up on Philly, and then went to the Super Bowl and scored three touchdowns. Keenan McCarter had two, and Mike Allstar had one. We yeah. scored three on defense too, so we were pitching in too. But he had them already charged us up to where it wasn't good enough just to be the number one defense in the NFL. It wasn't good enough just to yeah. shut people out on a Sunday afternoon. Dominate. Go score. score. Get it done. Get it done. You score for us. I said, whoa. It was a whole new new challenge for us. We had never been asked to score. I looked at Brooks and listened to him. I said, y'all like this, right? He was like, oh, dude. (laughs) Let's go. I just wanted to make sure y'all was with me because I used to sit in his office every morning from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. before the the quarterback meeting. Then follow him sometime to the quarterback meeting because I had Tony Dunch. And I had never had a coach in front of me. And I want to know who the hell John Gruden was worth eight million dollars in four draft picks. Yeah, and like you say, that's that sounds like players. He was he had got more than what a first a player would have gotten when they acquired John Gruden. Dude, and Al Davis asked for me. The Bucks, <laughs> the, the Glazers said we'll give you everything but one, and he wow. said okay, thank you. <laughs> that's how we win. <laughs> they, they 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 gave up everything but me. I said, boy, y'all. Boy, I love the Glazers to the day I die now, boy, because most nine times, boy, you see them shipping them out. You've been shipped off. 
Why they ship? Why they shipping them out like dirty underwear around here now, boy? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't never seen, listen, never seen at people, all. Never seen so many people get traded. What yes. is this? What is that, this? This is this new era of football, man, and it, it is unbelievable. And when we talk about the new era, I look at when I look at your Warren Sapp story, and I look at all the sacks that you made in all the tackles that you made in 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 your story. You know, believe it or not, probably. The majority of those sacks in this day and age of football would have been oh. flat. Oh, no, no. Would have been flat. I would have I had to go to the Glazers and say, listen, boss, if y'all want me to attack the quarterback, y'all got to find me. Y'all get to find me. <laughs> I'll get the quarterback. <laughs> I can't do both. I can't take the quarterback down, then take the fire down. This, this, yeah. this is crazy. This, they've eliminated the head and they've eliminated the knees. Well, his body's mine, then. Yes. I mean, but, Le, LeBron James spends $1.5 million on his nutrition and his body all year. You telling me NFL quarterbacks shouldn't do that? And we hitting them? And we hitting them, correct. So that's, you know, I, I look at, I'm, I'm looking at this, I'm like, man, the majority of these would have been, in this day and age of football, oh, no, no. would have been cold. They, they would have outlawed my ass. <laughs> they would have changed the rules like they did no, in no, college no, no, football. No, no. And Listen, made I, I, that's my rule why you can't peel back on the old line and get it on the <laughs> interception. Trust me, I left yes. my ball on the league. <laughs> hey, listen, when you said about that, I also in that if when I say Mike Sherman, because that's what he was talking about. When I say that word Mike Sherman, what's the first thing come to your mind? Put a jersey on. <laughs> <laughs> Put a jersey on, baby. It's just that listen, silver. That was my message for him. Put a jersey. You want you want some of this? Put a jersey on, baby. <laughs> and he was you can listen. Come here. Come here. You want some of this, but step in between these lines. Because I know you're sitting two at me. Don't sit one. One, one, one ain't going to get it done. One no, ain't, one, and as you see. No, no, no. One, one going to get his heart eaten out in, in, in front of his old lady and children, and then I'm going to deliver it to his mama. You crazy? <laughs> you, you, No, not one man. One man's not standing on this island. Boy, you be like Gilligan trying to get off this thing. Get me out of here. <laughs> in fact, when you, now, I'm going to tell you about y'all. You know, I know this is a tradition that came from you when we talk about dominating and taking what you took from college football and translate it over into the NFL. In 2002, when you guys were playing Pittsburgh, you walked through Pittsburgh warm-up. Wait, 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 wait. Let me dispel this because you know, the, the, the legend of Warren Sapp is way greater than the actual substance. Yes. Tony, Dungy, Tony Dungy was with me for six years, from 1996 until 2001. Mm-hmm. You think I had a different route to work when I worked with Tony Dungy? You think you think I ain't the same route right through the right through right? They always told me on the football field, you're looking at a football field, the fastest in between any two points is a straight line, right? Straight line. So I'm straight coming line. out of, in the locker room, I'm going dead to that cone over there because that's why I stretch. Yes. Ask Tony Dungy. Tony, Tony Dungy told his team on Monday, listen, we're, we're going to Tampa. One's going to run through our stretch. <laughs> <laughs> the best part listen. about it is. I, you know, I go to Tampa now to watch the game, watch Tom Brady up there, and more. The old whitehead uh, offensive line coach is with yes. Tampa, and every time, every game we see, you're running through somebody's stretch today. <laughs> like, like, did that really? Did that really like disturb y'all all week long? He's like, no, nah, Tony actually, you know, told us you do it. I'm like, he was with me when I was doing it to other people. What? Do- <laughs> what? what? He know my route to work. This ain't nothing. But the Pittsburgh Steelers and Mala Mufu, whoever the hell the nose tackle who can't make no plays, chasing behind me, 
You know you can't catch me. You can't catch me. <laughs> and then and then if you do catch me, what you gonna do? Nothing. So that, that you know what? And then Lavar brought it up to my. Oh, I bet he won't do it up in Washington. No, I'm away from home. My homeboys ain't there. If we get into a real, I'm a Florida boy, baby. We get into a brouhaha. We have a couple people with me for this brouhaha. So Lavar talking this trash. I'm like, first of all, he's a defensive player. We don't even face each other. We don't even, yeah, you don't see. He, you know what? Some people, some people just didn't get it. But you know me, I kind of threw it off, and you know I wasn't even thinking about it because my route to work is my route to work. So I told the NFL, tell me which way I I, I can and can't go. So they yeah. draw the little yellow line. I just put an X through it and say, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going, hey, I'm give going me my to direction. But I'm listen, work. I'm going I'm to work. work. I'm going straight to work. I'm going straight. I ain't I ain't hit nobody. I ain't touched nobody. I, I'm going to work. Leave me alone. And and we talk about the work that you've done. You did a great. I mean, you. If I was to call out the list of accolades that you, don't you do know, it. Don't do it. I, I can't, do it. Do it, it, it remind me of the interview you did it's, with Mike, and you told Mike, "Okay, now you read my you read my accolades off. Now I'm gonna read all yours off." So yeah, now I'm gonna yeah, back no, no, that was one. That was one of my pridefulest thing I ever did was reading off his resume like he did. My, <laughs> And I wasn't even done with my resume. I had just left camp and went to Oakland. So yes. I didn't know I didn't know no more Pro Bowls or none of that was no company. <laughs> <laughs> it was just one of the things. So you when you look at it, dog, you, you I just do it this way. I'm the fifth one. You want to know who the other four is? Bob Lilly, Mr. Cowboy, right. Merlin Olson, Little right. House on the Prairie, <laughs> me, <laughs> Joe Green, you yes. want my coke. And Randy White. Are you kidding me? Yes, yes, yes. And please, please tell me a better foursome that you can find anywhere in the world is yours. You can't. You and, and you talk about joining that crew. Sap, I was I was literally, as I tell people, I was literally with you when you went in. Remember, we was yeah. all in the car trying to figure yeah. out where we gotta go to get you to Oh, we cried we crying the whole way. We try to figure out we gonna, yes. we gonna give Mike an excuse to be late to work and everything. We gotta have real good time. <laughs> hey, we okay. try to figure out how to get to them. Dog, Listen, I had a whirlwind going on, dog, in my head that time, dog. It was it was so beautiful, I'm, and I'm glad I got to share it with you, Mike, and some brothers yes. like that, dog. It it makes it all the more, you know, lasting and, and more right. more gratifying because like, we know the journey. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Mike yes. always talked about distance travel, and that boy, you yeah. know, and that boy, that, that, I, I love it. I yeah. love when he go to talk to that boy. That distance yeah, yeah, that, that a man is measured. Yeah, hey, hope will dictate effort. <laughs> yes, that it will. So, and, and, and let's talk about you. You're in New York. You're in New York for your film. What made you get into this, this, this drama? Not drama, but this life of yours that you you talk about. You saw guys in, in a quote that you you made. You said, "Guys are there. Guys are not there, but guys are there, and they're really not there." Is a quote that you gave. Hey, I go to the Hall of Fame every summer. Yes. Next year will be my 10th anniversary. You know, a lot happens in yes. nine years. Yes, a lot. A lot You've seen two kids through college in nine years. That's what I'm Correct. trying to tell you. So, yes. I've watched my brothers go from very active to. Yeah. And you, and you go, what the? And then. I've been with, you know, Christian Winsky and the Concussion Legacy Foundation. That's what really got me because my man Isaac up in New York introduced me to him back at one of the Super Bowls out west. And I got with him and I looked at the research and I looked at the data and I, and I spoke with the doctors. 
And I say, it's too many of us that don't know this information. There's too many of right. us that I know we'll trade, you know, CTE to get us off them dirt roads and them streets and them Pompano area. And the yes, area. We yes. No doubt about it. But we don't have to do it from eight years old. Correct. And that's, that's the key. That's we the don't key. need to have a helmet from eight to 12, eight to 13. Them five, six years right there, we can do a lot of critical thinking, book reading, chess clubs, yes. you know, baseball, tennis, basketball, everything that, that that's going to develop the mind, but leave that body alone. Yes. I'm going to build my brain. I'm going to build my cognitive thinking. I'm going to build my critical thinking. I'm going to be able to break down algebra, you know, geometry and whatever before I ever touch a football field and go, 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 to, go to lay a hit. But now you know they they've got what you call super peewees here in South Florida. And uh, super peewees is it's unbelievable. Super dog. Uh, and you know what age that starts at? Dude, five. Yes, I, I had five to. Old. It had yeah. to. It had to because yes. it, it was it was eight. And then it went to six. So now it's got to be five. You can't five go to four. Yeah, you can't go. To, and then they out there bouncing around. And man, I'm like, man, are you teaching the fundamentals of the game? Oh, you just teaching this hip hop shit. That, that's all. That football of what how we were brought up in football, and it, it, it takes me back to with you, uh, 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 with Coach Chip, and and everybody that you went through as a player. And I look at Coach Smith, who taught me the game of football here at St. Thomas. There, there's no more teaching taking place. No, no, you because it's the teaching you hate. Yes, yes, you, yeah. You have to affirm what 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 I'm telling you. I am. Not what you yes. think I am or you've evaluated me. Because Willie, the great Willie Brown, the DB from the Raiders, taught me a long time ago. And ain't what I say is what they say. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't what I say about me. It's what they say. You they know say. That? Correct. That's what you want. Because where we live on a Friday night, if you show up, they will talk about you on Saturday. Correct. But, I, and and say, we talk about, uh, and you like to say, you talk about wait till you get to high school. But the trend has changed. So much things are happening now at the youth league level. When you go to, you can go to a local park and 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 down in South Florida, and there are more fans at a youth league game than it is at the high school game. So, how do we get to educate these parents of these kids that's in this youth league? That hey, wait a minute, you guys can wait a little bit before you get these. I, I, don't, guys think, I don't think they know it because. The uncle that's been in jail for the last 10 years, now all of a sudden when you got a little athletic son, he all of a sudden gets out and nephew and now he running it. He yes. telling you where he's going and how he's going to get there and where we going with it. When the hell he became the brightest one in the family? <laughs> exactly. I, I, yeah. I, I, and I, I, I know they stopped you from getting degrees in jail, but <laughs> <laughs> boy, hey. I, I, they're coming out with masters now, hey man. Master? You, ain't getting regular, you ain't getting a regular BA, you getting the masters now. And now he's running the recruitment. He's running the the the, the coaches and whatever right. else in the camps. So, stop it! But stop. it's like you say, it's being led by different people right. than what yeah. we came up on. Uh, we went through the people who have been through that situation before because yeah. they had experience with it. Where yes. they can, you know, where they can push us over to a player who done went through it too, and, and then Correct. to over to a family whose parents done went through this before. When the hell did when the hell the uncle that was in jail all the year went through this? I, I'm trying to figure this out. And boy, you see them out there on the sideline and now they're fighting and shooting at the youth game and at all the youth game. Yes, man, come on, it man. has, it has gotten outrageous. A kids game, but they're giving out 
two kings ransom now. So everybody think they got the master plan. You know, your son odds of better being a brain surgeon than doing what I did for a living, son. You better develop a young man for something other than going professional in sports. You better make sure he done ran into Steve Wisniewski or, uh, uh, Steve Jobs or or Bezos in college. Bezos went to Columbus. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I wonder how many people say, damn, I was in school with him and he was a nerd. I didn't even want to talk to him. Hey, man, they grab one of them boys and say, listen, man, come on out to the football, you know. Watch the game, man. We have a good time after the game, you know. Be friending those guys. Those are the guys that's going to be there for the long run. For the long haul of it. And, and, yeah. and like you said, it, it looks, those guys I tell people all the time, send your kid toward baseball. In our community, really? baseball seems like, a, like, ah, that's not flashy enough. They don't put enough, what, but it's the, the thing, safest thing. Hank Aaron said that baseball was trying to run black people out of it. And right now it's the first World Series in 50 years not to have a black player on either roster. On either roster. On, wow. either, on either roster. Not one black. Not one African-American. Not one black. Not one none. Nothing. And we, are unre- we are unrepresented in, the, in that sport. the first time in 50 years. And Hank Aaron been saying it for a long time that baseball was weeding us out. And they have. Yeah. I they mean, have. It, it's a, it's a game to where. So McClendon, I don't know one. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right when you talk about if it. it you're right. McClendon, I don't know one. I mean, help me out. <laughs> what do I miss? Yes. Now, so you say you guys, you'll be here in Fort Lauderdale. Saturday. 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 The at, at 3 o'clock at the, um, what is that theater right there on Harrison Street? Fort huh? Lauderdale. Uh, Fort Lauderdale Theater right there on Harrison Street. Oh, my goodness. I think that's right there. Uh, the, uh, that's right there downtown Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, right there on Harrison. Right there. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. downtown Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. Old school so, theater, yeah. So I'll now, give you the name of it and I'll send it to you and I'll tweet it out right there. Is that Warren Sapp at Tony Sand? We'll definitely get you the information because you come check yes. me out before we go to Florida State and whoop them to death. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> Listen, man, thank you for taking your time out your business. Anytime. Enjoy your day, the rest of this day. And I'll see you Saturday. Yeah. I'll see you Three Saturday. O'clock. And then we're going to leave there and go straight to the game. And leave it up and head down to watch you. Love you, baby. Be good. Love you too, baby. All right. All right. All right. Yep. Yep. My sister asked me what, what I wanted to do, and I said I was going to be an NFL player. She bust out laughing, bust out laughing, ran out the door. I'm like, why not? Why not? He was a living, breathing, havoc-wreaking paradox. You just knew you were not going to block him every time. Sacked by Warren Sapp! He was relentless. A man who exuded charisma and intimidation. There were moments where he dominated. Overpowering size and surprising grace. Warren changed the way that position was played. Who brought to a once bleak franchise controversy. And also glory. We're gonna win the Super Bowl! From the halls of Apopka High School to the halls of Canton, his energy was boundless, his ability limitless, and his sheer force of will and personality relentless. We're back here live on the Tony Sands Show. Listen, man, you got a chance to hear Mr. Sapp talk about his journey through the NFL. You heard him talk about CTE. You heard him talk about his time with the Raiders, how he broke down Tony Dungy, and how he broke down John Gruden. 
he broke down both of these guys from a standpoint of how the Tampa Bay Buccaneers finally made it to the Super Bowl. And should young kids be playing football at this young age? That's going to be a hard thing to sell, to tell a parent, I don't want your kid playing uh, football when they're five, six, seven, and eight. That's not, that's going to be a hard one. And I told Sap out there, that's going to be one of the hardest ones for him to try to get across uh, to anybody. So I'm telling you, it's going to be hard to get that. But he'll be here in Fort Lauderdale on Saturday, 3 p.m. for the film festival. His documentary will be at the film festival, will be premiered. I'll be in the building. I'm going to enjoy it. Uh, he's my guy, and I like what he is doing. So that's why I'm saying Sap is my dude, and, and, and Sap uh, is a great guy. He's been a great guy. He's played in the league for quite a long time and was able to get it. But listen, we're going to close out the show. Mo, listen, we had a great time. We talked with Sap. We talked. Excellent Snyder. work, Tony. Excellent work, Tony. Yeah, yeah awesome. Thanks, my awesome. brother. Listen, it was a, listen, that was a what we would call friends interview where we were able to get into it and just speak on everything guys listen he's a one of the this a great guy uh to be around and he's struggling with cte he's struggling with his memory he's struggling how uh his life is is going with cte and i was getting a chance to listen to some interviews so listen let's wrap this thing up we're closing it out here on the tony sands show you got a chance to see my man warren south Mo V, thank you, man. Next week, we'll be back at him again, bringing him sports topics with some of the yes, best sir. in the country. Yes, sir, Tom. Great work, brother. Awesome, T. All right, V.